verse 11. Exodus 2. And it came to pass in those days when Moses was grown that he went out unto his brethren and looked on their burdens and he spied an Egyptian smiting a Hebrew one of his brethren he looked this way that way when he saw that there was no man he slew the Egyptian and hid him in the sand and when he went out the second day behold two men of the Hebrews strove together and he said to them, to him that did the wrong, Wherefore smitest thou thy fellow? And he said, Who made thee a prince and a judge over us? Intendest thou to kill me as thou killest the Egyptian? Moses feared and said, Surely this thing is known. Verse 21, And Moses was content to dwell with the man. He gave Moses support his daughter, and she bare him a son, called his name Gershom, for he said, I have been a stranger in a strange land. Notice the word says Moses was content. And in his contentment, his wife bare him a son. In his contentment, there was birth. The message that I am to preach to you now, conceived. In content. Would you lift your hands and ask the Holy Ghost to help us tonight?
may be seated. Pharaoh was surprised when he noticed that God's people were beginning to outnumber his people. Pharaoh said to the taskmasters, if this continues to happen and growth keeps becoming the norm, then the day will come that the children of Israel will outnumber us. They will take over. They will do whatever they want to do and we won't do anything about it because we will be outmanned. So to stop the growth, he comes up with the law that he charged all his people, every son that is born ye shall cast into the river. More concern was he about personal power than growth of a nation. And it is in this atmosphere that Moses is given birth to. His mother, because of the law that's been signed, decides to hide Moses. But it, it became her reality that hiding him was no longer an option. So she makes a basket, puts this baby boy in the basket, and sends him up the river. His sister, Moses' sister, is standing by watching the basket as it floats down the river. This was all a premeditative plan to keep Moses alive. The basket sometime decides to end its journey. And the Bible tells us that, that the women who are by the river where the basket stops floating they hear the cry 
of baby Moses. And it just so happens to be Pharaoh's daughter that goes to the basket, sees the, the baby, takes Moses out of the basket. And she notices that this is a Hebrew boy. And so she turns to find some help, advice, and standing there, just like it was all planned, is Moses' sister. She tells Pharaoh's daughter that, that I will take the baby to mother and she can nurse because she herself is a Hebrew. Pharaoh's daughter agrees to this, but he is raised in the palace of Pharaoh, not the house of Hebrew. He grows up in the palace. He learns all the laws of the land. He becomes acquainted with those of Egyptian bloodline while still having Hebrew blood. And so we are told in the scriptures we read that when Moses is grown. Now, Moses is born by God's divine will and plan. Because it will be Moses that will deliver two to three million people out of Egyptian bondage. And it will be Moses, by the hand and the word of God that would take the people of God to a place with houses they didn't build and vineyards they didn't plant. It would be a good land, a large land, a land that floweth with milk and honey. This is the whole reason Moses is born. Moses will be the one to lift up the rod and the red sea departs. Moses will be the one to hear the word from God at the backside of a desert from the midst of an unconsumed burning bush. Moses would be the one that would pray and manna would fall from heaven. Moses would be the one that would smite a rock and water would flow to thirst, to quench the thirst of God's people. Moses would be the one, when his hands are up, Israel wins the battle. Moses will be the one to take the Ten Commandments. Moses will be the one to rest in the Shekinah glory of God for 40 days. Moses would be the man to be the deliverer of God's people from where they've been to where God wants them to go. For Joseph, Egypt was enough. But for Moses... It takes more than Egypt. 
Joseph is in Egypt because of the word that God gave Abraham, his great-grandfather. But when it comes time for Moses to take charge and for Moses to take leadership, Egypt is not enough for God. But before Moses can get to that place, oh God, he comes upon a scene where he sees an Egyptian smiting a Hebrew. And the Bible says the Hebrew is one of his brethren. He stops the fight between Egyptian and Hebrew Hebrew when he kills the Egyptian. Hides the body of the Egyptian. But the next day, he comes upon another fight. And this time, it's Hebrew versus Hebrew. Moses doesn't understand. Moses is confused. Guys, do you not know who you are? Do you not understand this is exactly what Pharaoh wants to happen? Because Pharaoh is wise enough to know he does not have to fight us. If we fight us, do you guys not understand? This is not where God wants us to settle. This is not where God wants us to be. God wants us to go to a good land and a large land. God wants us to go to a land that he alone built and he alone promised us. God wants us to go to a land that's bigger than where you are and greater than what you've seen and more favor than what you're used to. But how can we get there if you can't stop fighting each other, Hebrews? I'm going to take my time tonight. He said, you're Hebrews, you're brethren. You're on the same side. Oh, God, your adversary is not each other. The enemy is not each other. The enemy is winning the battle without even raising a sword. Our greatest fight is not with hell. Our greatest fight is when we attack each other. And so Moses breaks up this fight, and one of the Hebrews looks at Moses and says, Who made you a judge? Who do you think you are coming alone here 
trying to break up this fight. What are you going to do to me what you did to the Egyptian? You know what that tells me? That Hebrew had been eyeing Moses. He's been watching Moses, just waiting for the mistake. Just waiting for the moment that, that, that he could get on his soapbox and say, yeah, I knew that would happen. Oh, boy. Just waiting for the opportunity to say, they should have been listening to me all along. I knew you was... I knew you was only here for you. I, I knew you had something up your sleeve. I warned everybody. I told everybody don't follow him fully. Just waiting for him to mess up, waiting for him to drop the ball, waiting for him to do something that they could criticize him over. I, I want to know, Hebrew, why, why isn't your eye on Pharaoh? Why isn't your eye on the Egyptians? Why are you waiting to discard the man that God brought on the scene to deliver you? Sounds like to me you got the personal agenda. You got the alternative motive. Sounds to me like Hebrew, you're the one that's got something up your sleeve. So right now, all Moses is doing, oh God, all Moses is able to do, all the people will let Moses do is break up fights. Come on, look at the mathematics of who's fighting. One day, it's an Egyptian and a Hebrew the next day, it's a Hebrew and a Hebrew. Hebrews always fight more than Egyptians do. All, Moses can't be lifting up no rod now because all he can do is break up fights. He can't be crossing Red Seas. All he can do is break up fights. He can't be sending water from a, wa a rock and manna from heaven. No, all he can do is break up fights because that's all the people will let him do. I see some of you right now trying to stare me down and intimidate me. I'm here to talk to you, Hebrews. You can point fingers at the world all you want to, but they don't fight each other near as much as we fight each other. And we point fingers at the devil and say, well, the devil's doing this and the devil's doing that and hell's making war and hell's stopping us and, and hell's defeating. Oh, 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 no, Pharaoh's doing nothing. He's just sitting there with his arms crossed and waiting for you to kill each other. Isn't it interesting that it's a lot easier for Moses to stop the fight with an Egyptian and a Hebrew than it is a Hebrew and a Hebrew? One smite, the Egyptian's dead. Oh, God. 
it's a whole lot easier for the Moseses in our life to fight off the world than it is to break up when we fight each other. And Moses runs for his life. you you got to get it. Moses is God's divine man to lead his people to a better place than they've ever known. But now because Moses is so sick and tired of breaking up fights between people who's supposed to be on board... Moses is sick and tired of of all he is is a referee. He's not a leader. All he can do is break up fights between people who should be together by now. Come on, Hebrew people. You've been there for 400 years. Why aren't you together by now? Moses runs to the backside of a desert and for 40 years he's content. You listen to this evangelist. I don't preach to you from secondhand knowledge. I come to you from firsthand experience. Of all of my travels and the churches we preached in, the pastor's number one issue is not with the devil, it's not with the world, it's not with hell. His biggest fight is always with the people who should be on board by now. And if all the pastor does, if all the Moses does is referees your fights and breaks up your bitterness and breaks up your jealousy and breaks up your envy and breaks up your personal agendas, they will reach a point that they will be nothing more than just content with what they got. Because why try to take the promised land if all you have to do is break up fights every day forget crossing the Red Sea we got too many fights to break up forget taking the promised land we got too many egos to contend with forget taking the milk and honey we And every Moses that winds up sick and tired of being everybody's referee and sick and tired of being everybody's counselor and sick and tired of trying to pull you when you won't pull with him and deliver you when you won't have his back, every Moses eventually reaches a place that they just become content with what they got. Because it's hard to have a move of God when the church can't get along. It's hard to have a move of God when the church can't stop fighting each other. It's hard to have a move of God. So year after year and week 
after week and Sunday after Sunday I gotta break up this fight this singer's getting jealous this musician's getting jealous this saint won't stay living for God this family won't pay their tithes yet this family won't live for God yet this family won't be holy yet. I'm trying to reach my city but I'm too busy breaking up fights among Hebrews I'm trying to build I'm trying to build a church I'm trying to get us to a place that's bigger and greater and larger than where we've been. But Moses can't pull with resistance. So he just hides on the backside of a desert. And becomes content to dwell with the sheep. And the danger is what is birthed, what is conceived in content. I do not believe there is one true God called pastor that has led to a city or to start a work that he doesn't go there with faith and expectation and dreams and visions of a bigger building, a greater congregation, a, a greater move of God. No pastor's soul shows up content. They show up wanting more. They show up hungry for more. They show up fighting for more. They show up desire and greater. But give it a few years and all he has and all he's doing is breaking up fights. Flesh can't take that but so much. And they get content. And Moses had a son that was named Gershom. The name Gershom means a stranger. A stranger, Moses. You was raised in the palace. Everybody in Egyptian thought Pharaoh was your grandfather. You went to their schools. You made friends. You, you spent the night with your friends. And how? You've been there for 20 years. You feel like a stranger? Because pastors who come to a city, Moseses who come to a city with an expectation of what God's going to do, but all they do is break up fights, it becomes a strange place to them. 
I wasn't expecting to break up fights all the time. I was expecting to win my city. I wasn't expecting to break up fights. I wasn't expecting to be family members, referees all the time. I thought they were grown up enough by now to let bygones be bygones. I, And it's not that Moses can't bring forth. It's just what he brings forth is conceived in content. So they no longer strive for a better church. They no longer strive for the promised land. They no longer fight for milk and honey. They just survive on the backside with the sheep they've always had. I do not believe it's an exaggeration that the years we've evangelized that we have preached for thousands of pastors. I think so. It's not thousands of pastors. I have never met one with such vision and purpose and hunger and desire and motivation as Eddie Robinson has. Never. Never. Sit down. I'm not done. I'm not done. Every pastor we've ever went out to eat with prays over the food. You know what your man did today? He prayed for our waitress before he mentioned the food. When he was done, I told him I would like to tell all the pastors I preach for, that's how you build a church. But hear me, I can't always point fingers at those pastors because all they're used to doing is breaking up fights and they're content. It's hard to not become content when you're the only one wanting the promised land. Oh, God have mercy. It's hard not to just become settled when you're the only one with a vision and you're the only one trying to get there. It's hard not to just become content when all you constantly do is break up fights. to God that there is an awakening tonight with some of you who all you do is fight all you do is complain all you do is gripe all you do is moan you're a bunch of babies who could care less about the promised land I pray God convicts you tonight and puts your face on the carpet in repentance
somewhere that's greater than where you've been. Why are you fighting all the time? God can't give a breakthrough until you break up the fight. Get your hands off of each other. Get your mouth off of each other. Get your mouth off of your Moses. Get your hands off of your Moses. Stop fighting your Moses at everything. Stop contending with him at every trial. And get on board with the man God sent your way. I don't care. I don't care how much I don't care how much they pray, how much they fast. Come on, I don't care. God has made us flesh. I can't tell you how many tables I've set across from men of God and their wives who you just looked in their eyes and they were exhausted and they were tired not because of their fight with the devil it's easy to fight the Egyptian it just takes one hit and they die but there's more Hebrews fighting than there are Egyptians fighting and they just get exhausted they just get drained They start thinking, am I the only one who wants this? Am, am, am I the only one? Try, I'm trying to get my people to the promised land. And they act like they, they act like they are content to dwell in Egypt. I'm trying to get Egypt out of them. What? He had no idea what I was going to preach. What did he tell you? What did your Moses tell you before I got up here? What I'm preaching tonight, it's worth fighting for. But the fight needs to be not with each other. You're my brother, you're my sister. Remember that song? So take me by the hand. Together we will work till he comes. There's no foe that can defeat us when we're walking side by side. Together. 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 Together we will work till he comes. Stop locking fists and start joining hands. Stop stabbing.
stabbing each other in the back and start having each other's back. God okay okay some of you need to stop listening to Joseph's Joseph was the one before Moses came for Joseph Egypt was enough for Moses God wants to promise. You need to stop listening to Joseph. Moses is the leader now. When your pastor and his wife came here and that night came to get voted on and the fight that occurred in front of everybody's eyes, it's been, he, he didn't got to tell me nothing, it's been nothing but a fight from that day to this day. A fight after a fight. See, see, I'm, I'm, I'm so much in your face right now. Some of you are thinking, has Robinson told him anything? Let me ask you, when did you get to a place where you no longer believe God can talk to man? How far away from God have you gotten? Or, or is it that you believe God can't talk to anybody but you? It's been a fight. There's been victories, but it's been a fight. It's been a struggle. There's been long nights and tear-stained pillows and late-night conversations with each other. What are we doing? I feel like all we do is, is break up fights. I feel like all we do is spin our heads. I feel like all we do is get to a place of breakthrough, but we got to start all over again. It's a struggle. It's a struggle. How do you know, Atkins? Because this is what God has revealed to me for several churches the past couple of years. See, I'm not, I'm not much of a talker about COVID. I think we've talked about COVID enough. It, it's to me and my vocabulary a curse word now. Just, 
I hate the word, but COVID, COVID has made exhausted leadership. Because most pastors that you talk to will tell you the tide was turning. Backsliders were coming back. People we were witnessing to begin to come to church. The church was going in the right direction. Then all of a sudden, we had to start shut everything down. And we've had to start all over again. And now, we can't even get those saints we thought were faithful to come to church. It's a struggle. It's a problem. It's draining. It's exhausting. It has been for me. But now we are entering into a place where the fight is not with COVID, not with government, not with should we shut the doors or open the doors. No, now the fight is. Now I'm hearing pastors say things like, Brother Atkins, spirits I've not dealt with in 30 years are beginning to rise back up. More than one has told me that stuff, stuff I thought was dead and buried, has come back to life. And, I, and I've got to fight it all over again. My God, Hebrews, 400 years later, why are you still fighting each other? I'll tell you what's going to happen tonight in the spiritual realm. God is going to reveal those who are with Moses and those who are against Moses. I've been praying in this sanctuary. I've been walking up and down these aisles. I've been picking up some spirits, folks. I've been praying that God would reveal some of you people who only want to fight everything. I am convinced when the hands of Moses was raised, it was more than just giving him victory. It was his revelation to find out who's going to help me and who's going to contend against me. Shame that what should be happening is Red Sea should be crossing. Manna should be falling. Miracle signs and wonders should be happening. But we can't get there until you stop fighting. Each other and your Moses. There's another definition for the name Gershom. It's expulsion. Go find out what Webster says about that. It's when you're kicked out. It's when you're not allowed. You may want to ask yourself, what do you love more? Where this church was so you can just brag on what God did. 
or where God is trying to lead this church by placing a heavy burden on your Moses to get you there. I, I, I know Pentecostals don't like the word, but it's going to take money to get you there. It's going to take prayers to get you there. It's going to take some sacrifice to, to get. I'm trying my best to use some wisdom, but I'm picking up some spirits back, back there. I'm. When Moses found himself a wife, do you know the only one that complained about it was Miriam? The very one who took a tambourine after the crossing of the Red Sea and led in worship. Now she replaces her tambourine for complaining. How could you get married? You didn't talk to me about it. You know what God did? He smote her with leprosy. But listen, the whole camp, the whole body was delayed the promised land for one week until her leprosy was cleansed. One individual who can't keep their mouth shut can delay the process of Star City Church. If I offend, I offend. I just got to say it. Do you know why she complained? All right, Sister Robinson said talk about it. She complained because of the color.
Some of you racist hypocrites either need to get saved or find another church. Well, he ain't one of me. Yeah, he is. Holy Ghost filled, fire baptized, one God believing. Stop being so American and become a Christian. I'm not, I'm not saying there's a majority, but it only takes one. Only takes one to keep everybody back. I'll tell you, if you like the vision of your pastor, if you like his burden, his zeal, his ambition, Get on board with him so he don't become content to break up fights. I keep hearing the words of the prophet Elijah ringing in my ears. It is enough. We need you to pick your tambourine back up. We need you to sing your song again. We need you to lead in worship again. We're going somewhere. It's a good land. It's a large land. It's a mighty land. It's a favorite place. It's a blessing place. Don't allow yourself to conceive in contempt. 